Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the Extra Point is good. On a Monday morning, it is March 6th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the all-new KDOS 1060 app. Apple and Android users download today and take advantage of all the listener rewards we have available to you. It is the Extra Point. We're with you up until 1 o'clock. And as we typically do, we get started by setting the scene with today's poll questions and we'll toss it on over to the KDOS1060.com poll question in reference to the Phoenix Suns. They had a victory over the Dallas Mavericks on Sunday afternoon. Here's the question. Does it make any difference if the new look Suns are not good at the defensive end? Yes remains out in front, but it's down 88% 88% of the vote, no trailing at 12% of the vote. Well, judged by the first three games, it doesn't make any difference. First three games with Durant, the first game against Charlotte last week, of course, was uh, you know basically against Charlotte, who couldn't make a shot. Uh, they got lots of open looks. Yeah, you know, you know, they had some uh, – the Bulls put some points on them on Friday night, but you know, last night was just kind of a layup, layup, layup line festival uh with you know some mid-range jump shots by the suns which uh seemingly they didn't miss any of them <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into this answering it around 12 30 today we'll also open things up with some suns talk here momentarily but next up we toss it on over to twitter at kdos am 1060 are you in favor of major league baseball's new pace of play rules bob caught up with bob nightingale in the previous hour if you missed it you can podcast that conversation over at kdos 1060.com this question among some of the many topics that bob and bob got into uh but when it comes to the twitter poll question are you in favor of major league baseball's new pace of play rules yes leading the way 81 percent of the vote no at 19 percent and this is on twitter at kdus am 1060 yeah not only is it a different thing for the players i mean it's just if you're watching a game on television you know i do a lot of stuff when i'm watching games on television and there's usually some lulls in the action where you can uh, whether it's no matter what the sport uh unless there's like a two-minute drill in the nfl you can kind of uh you know kind of figure out you know i need to type another sentence here for the pipeline for tomorrow or something uh but uh you got to change. I got to change my whole routine here watching a baseball game. I mean, if you just look away for a second, you're going to miss something, uh, which I'm sure I assume. And I'm pretty sure Major League Baseball is pretty happy that that's happening. It kind of reminds me of when the NFL moved the extra point back, that it was no longer a bathroom break time because all of a sudden <laughs> exactly extra right. points were starting to be missed more often. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you figure out when you're going to make a sandwich or something for the NFL back in the day. You know, you got to kind of uh, you know, wait till halftime maybe or you know, whatever you're going to do. So there's all kinds of stuff going on. But seriously, it changes your, at least me, and you know, I watch, I usually, once the regular season starts, I'll have all you know, multiple games going simultaneously. And 
that's going to be an adjustment then too, because it's a lot easier to watch just you know at least have one spring training game on and try to figure out what the heck's going on if you care about spring training games. There's certain players I care about in spring training, but it has changed my entire way of watching baseball on TV. And as I think we talked about last week, and I mentioned with Nightingale in the last hour, this is a whole different world for a radio broadcaster. My God. I mean, because, you know, radio broadcasters, they're basically, you know, it's not TV where they can, you know, miss, you know, skip a pitch and not say what happens because you watch it. Uh, You know, radio broadcasters have to describe the action that's going on in the field. Absolutely. Uh, We'll get into much more of that, answering the poll questions around 1230 today. It's your turn at 1130 a.m. and 1215 if you'd like it. 602-260-1060 is the number to join the program. We'll take calls around 1130 and 1215 today. As promised, let's get right into the Phoenix Suns moving to 3-0 with Kevin Durant on the floor following a 130-126 win over the Mavericks in Dallas. While the Stars certainly showed up in this one, Kevin Durant, 12 of 17. He was 3 of 5 from 3, 10 of 11 from the free throw line, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 block. It all totaled up to 37 points. For Ke- for Devin Booker, he was 15 of 25, 1 of 3 from 3, 5 of 6 from the foul line, 5 rebounds, 10 assists, and 36 points for Book. For the Mavericks here, Luka Doncic, he had 34 points, but it wasn't efficient. 8 of 23, 1 of 9 from 3, did his damage at the foul line, 17 of 19. Kyrie Irving, 10 of 19, 3 of 8 from 3, 7 of 7 from the foul line. He contributed 30 points in the Mavericks loss. Yeah, I think everybody assumed that Aiton was going to get less shots. He almost never touches the ball. Uh, He had three shots before the first TV timeout yesterday. He made them all. And he didn't get another shot for basically 30 minutes of game action. And he has turned into a, a screener and a rebounder. Uh, that's pretty much all he does in the new Suns offensive approach. Yeah, I, I think it was like the entire third quarter or he maybe had one attempt in the third quarter that resulted in him being able to go to the foul line. He, there was literally no touches for him until they attempted it in the fourth quarter. It resulted in back-to-back turnovers, actually. actually. But then he had a much-needed putback late in the game uh, for the Suns to eventually catapult with Kevin Durant's game-winning bucket. But I think that looking at the combination of Aiton and Chris Paul, because Chris Paul's not getting the same amount of touches either, and certainly how they work the two-man game, uh, they're going to have to find a way to figure out how to integrate that back into the offense, don't you think? Absolutely. And they've got plenty of time to do it. And then they've also got more practice time again this week. You know, they obviously made a big deal about the practices they had between the All-Star break and then when they came back after the All-Star break. They only have two games this week. Uh, so you know, if they, I'm sure that Monty, they're going to practice a uh, little more than they usually would. And I think that's something that's really kind of, uh, kind of lost in the shuffle in the NBA is after you get done with training camp, the, the schedule is a little different now than it used to be. A lot of, a lot of times back in the, in the day, not all that long ago in the day, pre-pandemic at least, you, know, you had a lot of four games in five nights, three games in four nights. And if you're on the road doing that, you're not going to even do really much of anything other than just like a morning shoot around. And you probably aren't even going to do that in some days. So there's not a whole lot of practice time. And you got a, a new cast of characters. And, 
you know, they're obviously still trying to figure out the rotation, uh, how that's going to work. And, you know, yesterday, for instance, you know, Josh Jacoby was out there uh, missing every three-point shot that the Mavericks basically dared him to take. That was, I think, a really a, a well-constructed defensive plan by the Mavericks to make a Kobe beat them, and he wasn't going to do that. And uh, he pretty much sat most of the second half, and Ish Wainwright uh, came in and made four threes down the stretch and really helped them win that game yesterday. Yeah, I think you're 100% right on trying to figure out this fifth starter, who comes off the bench as like the sixth man kind of thing. Also, who closes the game is going to be really uh, maybe a by committee type situation here for the Suns. But, you know, Josh Okogie, he continues to just really hustle. Uh, so you can never say that uh, his relentless attitude on the court is not present because it absolutely is. He even picked the pocket of Kyrie Irving. But I, I think that if he's not knocking down shots then certainly you to your point the defense uh constructing their plan perfectly to make him be the the person that is shooting those open threes and when you're 0 of 8 from 3 and 3 of 13 for the game that's not what you're looking for if you are the Phoenix Suns in addition to that the first you know kind of wing off the the bench was Terrence Ross there and he was certainly attacked defensively for a couple of games now so maybe that's not going to work Ish Rainwright is the one who you mentioned closed the game and he had some very impactful minutes he also had buckets 4 of 5 from 3 for 12 points uh i don't know if you can count on that consistently though from ish wainwright yeah i don't think you can but i mean he did a really nice job yesterday you know the uh, unfortunately there's a couple things going on here uh yeah, terrence ross he was only able to play on friday night didn't sound like he was going to play yesterday but did so i'm not sure how healthy he was when he was out there Landry Shamet, they sent him home to Phoenix to get his foot further or his ankle or whatever is going on, lower leg, further evaluated. They could really use him, quite frankly. Uh, he would take care. Of, he, he is at least a guy that, you know, when he's making shots, that's great, but he also guards people at least uh, you know, better than some of the other alternatives. So I think that he's going to, if he's healthy, he would, play, I think, uh, play a pretty critical role here down the stretch of the rest of the uh, regular season and in the postseason. We'll get into more around the NBA on the other side of the break, but I do want to make mention of this in the world of the NFL. The first uh, quote-unquote free agent quarterback is off the board, or the, I should say the quote-unquote star free agent quarterback is off the board. The Saints and Derek Carr, according to Ian Rappaport, have agreed on a four-year, $150 million deal with $100 million in total guarantees. So he gets $70 million effectively fully guaranteed, $60 million at signing, and another $10 million in year three, vesting after year one. So he does restructure a deal to accommodate some of the Saints his cap issues but Derek Carr there reuniting with uh, Dennis Allen and then also uh, not going to the New York Jets so how does that shape up for a potential Aaron Rodgers uh, sliding okay. into the New York Jets saga uh, there we go so you know can we just get a deadline for Aaron Rodgers I mean yeah, he seemed to yeah remember after the regular season he seemed to didn't think this was going to take very long but Seems like this could have done been done by now, but uh, you know, I, I'm just obviously I think uh, a lot of the media and certainly I uh, would be included here. I'm just tired of the story, so just end it one way or the other. 
Well, hopefully before free agency, uh, you know, I, I guess uh, the, the start of the new league year. Uh, That's less than two weeks. Yeah. Well, and along those lines as well, you have the franchise tag deadline uh, set for tomorrow. So we'll yeah. find out the other saga with that with Lamar Jackson. Yeah. One way or the other, the weekend rumor is the Adon exclusive tag, which means that they could match or just trade him. Uh, and, uh, but if they trade him, you know, the other team would have to give them two first-round picks. And if I'm another NFL team, there's no way in hell I'm giving you know the Ravens two first-round picks for Lamar Jackson, who I can't trust stays healthy. Or uh, at this point, I think there's real questions about Jackson himself. What, what is going on in that brain? Like in terms of uh, you know what he's thinking of what he commands as far as salary, he, or he's already what he's... turned down, he, he's already turned down more money from the Ravens than he's going to get anywhere else in his next contract, wherever that might be. We'll get into this a little bit more in today's program NBA discussion as well. It is the extra point. Hey Phoenix, Doug Gottlieb here. I'm bringing the best sports talk weekdays to you. 1 to 3 p.m. right here on KDUS AM 1060. Continuing here on Extra Point on KDUS AM 1060, online at KDUS1060.com and with the all-new KDUS 1060 app, Apple and Android users download it today. Brought to you by Superbook Sports and take advantage of the listener reward options that we have available to you. And I can't say anything quite yet but i can tease it along that we are entering the month of march so there's probably going to be some pretty fun cool things upcoming on the app as well for the month of march just just thinking that off the top of my head so get involved download the app today and register as an app user uh i want to go back to something that you said before we went to break and that was about lamar jackson and the potential franchise tag here because it appears that uh, the, uh, general manager Eric DaCosta for the Ravens met with Lamar in Miami this weekend, but nothing uh, definitive for a new contract in place. So likely moving forward with the franchise tag, franchise tag designation ends uh, tomorrow in the NFL. But you had said, you know, what is he thinking in terms of the, the, turning down some of these different offers? And here's my, I guess, attempt at rationalizing what he's thinking Deshaun Watson he got guaranteed money and so why wouldn't he try to push the envelope and continue to make that a thing for players I do think whether it was spoken about or unspoken about with NFL owners they're coming together probably pretty mad at the Haslam's for doing a guaranteed deal like this so they're all holding out saying we can't we can't reset the market like this so there's two sides trying to go down completely different train tracks and so something is going to have to give uh and and so that's my attempt at rationalizing it is that he saw the guaranteed money the amount of guaranteed money and said i'm gonna keep keep pushing for that okay i understand that but it doesn't mean that because one owner was stupid and gave money that uh you know was absurd to a player at that point who hadn't played in like two calendar years doesn't mean that somebody else is going to do the same type of thing. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. 
it'll be interesting. I, you know, I don't know how the court system works or how this works, but you know, there's been baseball collusion cases in the past, and uh, I don't know if there'd be such a thing as an NFL collusion case. But let's just say whoever is the next highest paid quarterback in the next year or two after Watson, whether there's some kind of players association, you know, I don't know if the I don't think the NFL Players Association, quite frankly, has the, the power over the years that definitely doesn't have the power over the years that MLB, the MLBPA has had. But, you know, might there be a collusion thing in the NFL? But uh yeah, I think that Lamar is uh, in play. Yeah, he's represented by himself and mm-hmm. his mom. Doesn't have a quote real agent. I'm sure there's a, some kind of lawyer that looks over some contract stuff here and there for whatever. But I mean, I just think that it's an irrational way to think about things here by him. And I, I do think not having an agent maybe to really kind of get a feel for what the market really values you at and say, hey, and and try to coax things along in a a different direction. Uh, So maybe that's obviously working against him since he is representing himself there. So it'll be fascinating to see how this all ends up. But, you know, if he is franchise tagged, that's guaranteed money right there. And he could go, what, the the Kirk Cousins route there for a while, a couple of franchise tags, and then he gets finally his, uh, his big contract. But if he gets the non-exclusive franchise tag, they could trade him for two first-round picks. And that was a big story last week at the Combine, that that might actually happen. I agree with you, though. Who's giving up two first-rounders? I wouldn't. Uh, There may not be, I don't know, I shouldn't say there's no player in the NFL that I would give up two first-rounders for. But I'm sure not going to do it for Lamar Jackson and I think there's real, you know, just the way that Jackson, all this injury thing at the end of the year, and, you know, I'm not disputing that he was injured. There's, you know, he was clearly hurt to some extent. But the fact that the last two games that, that Baltimore ended up playing, they had the last regular season game, which was at Cincinnati, and he traveled to Cincinnati for that game, but he doesn't travel there for the playoff game. They're, they're, and I don't know if that's a lack of advice from a, quote, agent or not. But, you know, whoever, whatever he's thinking about, as I mentioned in his brain, I don't know what the hell he's thinking some of the time and maybe more than occasionally some of the time. I will mention this part in terms of franchise tag because we do have this particular one from Adam Schefter that the Cowboys have placed their franchise tag on running back Tony Pollard. Running back franchise tag is $10.09 million. I know you were kind of against franchise tagging him. Totally. Um, In large part because do we know when he's actually going to play? Uh, No. When he's going to be able to, you know, I assume he's going to be ready for camp, but when last seen he was suffering obviously an ugly injury, lower leg injury in the game against San Francisco in which they were eliminated. Absolutely. So we'll continue to monitor all of that as well, and we'll get back into some NBA topics here. When we just take an overview of what's going on in the NBA West, the Nuggets continue to lead out in front with a record of 45 and 19. They beat the Grizzlies 113 to 97. Jokic, another triple double, 18 points, 18 rebounds, 10 assists. Jamal Murray, 22 points, 9 assists. And that what's started everything that unfolded with the Grizzlies over the weekend, specifically with John Morant. The Grizzlies still are in second with a 38-25 and 25 record, but John Morant suspended by the Grizzlies for two games. Head coach Taylor Jenkins said that there's actually no timetable for his return. The NBA is conducting an investigation into the Instagram Live 
early Saturday morning video in which Morant displayed what appeared to be a gun while at a nightclub. Uh, he has since deleted his social media accounts. Uh, he has put out a statement that he is going to get the help that he needs. But this is certainly very, very concerning uh, and also for a Grizzlies team as well. Well, this isn't the first time that this has happened with Morant. You know, there was the uh, the game like about a month ago in which you know, some of uh, Team Morant apparently were reportedly spotted with some handguns in the tunnel of a game after the post game and on the way to the bus, and there was all kinds of crap going on there. He's just, um, you know, this is a guy that the NBA wants to make the face of the league. Well, he'd be one of the faces of the league and, you know, think they've got to re- reassess the situation. And uh, it's, uh, you know, I just wonder, I mentioned in the pipeline of the, of the sports zone, is this something that's going to you know, basically, you know, all the off-the-court stuff? Going to affect the rest of their season. Also, Brandon Clark, who's a local Valley product, is out for the rest of the season. He tore his Achilles on Friday night. And, you know, the strength, I think, other than you know, Moran and you know, a couple other the individual players for uh, for Memphis, uh, was their depth. And uh, their depth has taken a hit here, not just with Clark, but they've got a couple other guys that have been in and out of the lineup for a variety of reasons over the last couple of months. I think to answer your question, all of this, injuries, Morant, definitely impacts their success heading forward into the playoffs. And uh, Taylor Jenkins is going to have quite a time trying to figure out what to do here moving forward. Uh, You also had... Is Taylor Jenkins lost control of this team, too, I think is another legitimate question. Um, Yeah, that's a fair question to ask. Um, this isn't the first time, as I mentioned, that we've had some problems with, you know, you got, obviously they've got some other, you know, loose cannons on this team. Let's put it that way. Uh, so I just kind of wonder how much uh, authority and how much of a gavel he has over his players here. I, I guess the only thing that I can say is that when you kind of feel young and invincible and you have all this money, uh, that you're not listening to anything anyway. So I, I don't know if there is a figure that could be in that head coaching position that would change something really drastically has to rattle you to your core to kind of change the path that you're going down. Let me add one more thing. You mentioned the the uh, the Nuggets before. Um, yeah, I think there's not. I don't think there's many people in the NBA. I think that we want to. You know, we like to watch them. The Nuggets play, and yeah, Murray looks like he's back close to a hundred percent now. But their playoff flameouts in past years. I don't think anybody's going to fully trust the Nuggets until they win at least a couple of postseason series uh, moving forward. Trust is interesting when it comes to the West because you have the Kings sitting in third at 37 and 26 since February 23rd. The Kings have won five of six games. Uh, and I don't know that anyone has given them much of a chance and hope because, you know, they kind of just rely on the offensive side of the ball as well. Uh, but they're continuing to win some games here. Agreed. But trust with the Nuggets, who have you know, been really good in the regular seasons past and just you know, flamed out rather quickly. And, you know, they blew the 3-1 lead in the bubble and they had that series all but one against Utah. And, uh, 
Yeah, it's just been a miserable, you know, the Suns swept them in the postseason two years ago, and that was a complete coaching mismatch in that series. It wasn't just the Suns players destroyed them in that series. That was a, you know, there were some bizarre coaching decisions uh, from, you know, basically the, in, you know, the, the entire organization. It wasn't just that. Even the playoff roster was a little questioned that year for the Nuggets, let alone the actual on-court performance. So you know the, the the Kings are new to this. So I don't think I don't know if there's any kind of trust involved the, with the Kings. It's just if, if they win a playoff series, it's going to be a wild. They might, might throw a parade in Sacramento, and and I've actually been on the main street of Sacramento, and they say have a nice little parade route there if they wanted to use that. <laughs> uh, speaking of trust, okay, the so state maybe- capital of Sacramento. Yeah, it's a little you know trivia that many people may not know that about California. Yes, absolutely. Uh, trust. If you think about it, the fifth team, Warriors, 34 and 31, they had won five straight until yesterday. Steph Curry did return, but they lost 113 to 105 to the Lakers. If you're thinking about trust factor, I mean, a team that has how many championships and has been there and done that, you would think it would be the Warriors. True. I mean, I didn't watch any of this game yesterday, so it sounds like they might have actually guarded somebody for part of the game. But then again, the Lakers are not, not full strength, obviously, with LeBron out. And I uh, don't know if Russell has come back and played. You remember he was out too. I, I'm not sure if he played yesterday. But uh, So, you know, I don't know if the Warriors did. It was a case of them playing some defense or the uh, opponent didn't have its firepower. I'll just round out the uh, next few teams here in the West. The Timberwolves at 34 and 32. The Mavericks, 33 and 32. The Clippers now 34 and 33. The Pelicans in ninth at 31 and 33. And the Jazz in 10th at 31 and 34. We can get into some of the NBA East conversation on the other side of the break. We'll also take your phone calls in this segment as well. 602-260-1060 if you'd like to join the program. 602 260 1060 it is the extra point lunch for two to porta subs for a year and 2023 spring training tickets happening now on the kdos 1060 app download today listen every day for your chance to get one entry per day into this grand prize drawing the spring training tickets happen to be for diamondbacks versus reds on march 24th 1 10 p.m two tickets and a parking pass and of course the lunch for two to porta subs for a year all coming to you courtesy of porta subs porta subs slicing up the quality you crave your favorite sliced fresh premium meats and cheeses on our signature fresh baked bread loaded with fresh veggie toppings and savory sauces check them out at portasubs.com extra point continues next Catch the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. right here on KDUS AM 1060 and online at KDUS1060.com. Eleven thirty-seven here on KDOS AM ten sixty online at KDOS ten sixty dot com and with the all new KDOS ten sixty app. It is the extra point. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro, with you up until one o'clock, as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. As promised, it's phone call time for you if you'd like it. 602-260-1060 is the number to dial in, and we'll pop on out to the KDOS hotline now. Monroe and Glendale, what's on your mind? Uh, a couple of thoughts here. I think, Bob, I think, the, yeah, I don't know if it was a poll question, but it was uh, 
do the Suns really need to play defense or something like that? that the- yeah. <laughs> does it matter? Does it matter if they guard anybody? Yeah. So I'm gonna split the baby and say, yes, <laughs> it matters. At some point, they got to get at least one or two stops, and I don't know who they have who can actually do that. But I think that they really need to revisit. I think they're kind of stuck between the, the two years ago sons and this son, where two years ago they moved the ball and passed the ball and that kind of thing. And my mind is that team is gone. The players that they have on their team today, they need to recognize that the, the shots should go to KD, Chris Paul in that order, and a, a Koji or whatever, a Kobe, a Koji, he has no business going 0 for 8. So if they're not going to be the defensive team that they were before, they really need to make sure the right people are shooting the ball. Uh, I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't fathom why this guy is still shooting when he hadn't made a shot the whole game. Because uh, the Mavericks wanted him to shoot. They just dared that's him to exactly shoot. That's exactly right, Bob. Yeah. He was open for a reason. Correct. And someone should have been able to say, no offense, dude, but <laughs> not this time. Well, they kind of did eventually, but not till he took like 13 or 14 shots. And yeah, he, wasn't to be, he wasn't to be found near the end of that game. And obviously, Wainwright got an opportunity and – yeah, he made four threes, and those were important threes, as it turned out in the second half, fourth quarter of that game yesterday. Yeah, uh, and Kevin Durant, he's, he's just so effortless. With yeah. his, it's just it's so effortless, and yet it seems to me like Booker is working harder to play one-on-one. And I, I think that they just need to clean that stuff up, and they will do a whole lot better than we think they'll do, but at some point. At some point, they're going to – they really – Luca missed a, a bunny shot, if we really get down to it, right? He, he missed a True. bunny shot. Actually, I think he missed quite a few easy shots for him. I mean, he got to the free throw line 100 times. That happens all the time anyway. And uh, no matter whether he's shooting five free throws or 100 free throws, he's going to bitch and moan the entire game. The whole um, game. Yeah, he's, every he's, game. He's complaining at halftime. <laughs> it's it, it's uh I don't find it enjoyable watching him play quite frankly because he just bitches and moans so much. Right now, you said we don't trust Denver, but who do we really trust in the West? Uh, probably nobody. But I mean, Denver just you know they need they 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 get no extra credit here. I mean, I don't care if they go eighty-two and zero in the regular season; it doesn't matter to me. Uh, if they don't beat somebody in the playoffs and I don't even think the first round is going to mean anything for them. I mean, they need to, they need to advance far in the playoffs. Yeah. They have been favored in, uh, at least two of the last three years when they've been eliminated in the playoffs, they've been eliminated, including that total meltdown in the bubble, uh, against Utah in, uh, you know, with 2000, so 2000, 2001 season. Uh, so I, I don't care what they do during the regular season they have to prove that they can win when it matters in the postseason they've got you know Jokic uh, is really good needless to say but you know Murray uh, in one at least one of those playoff flameouts was really bad 
Uh, so I'm not, you know, I need to see him step up in the playoffs. I need to see the coaching staff. I need to see uh, their complimentary players, their second star player. They need to show that they can perform when it matters. Yeah, but I, I feel the same way about every one of those teams in the West. I, I don't necessarily. I mean, the, the Warriors have got at least a history. Uh, I actually think, you, you know, I, I'm to the point, I, in two weeks I've gone to the, I'm concerned about whether the Suns are going to stop anybody. And now, you know, what limited I've watched to the Western Conference thus far this year, I don't know if anybody can stop anybody or cares to stop anybody in some cases. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Including so we, Denver. Yeah, we 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 know the Clippers. We can kick them to the curb. Uh, I'm not sure good. about that. That's the one team I'm not so sure about yet because they're so good when they actually have you know basically you know, Kawhi and Paul George are playing together. Their record, if you just take the winning percentage of that, I'm certain that it's the best winning percentage in the NBA. Just when those yeah, two guys but, are playing, but, but it's not that often. Yeah, but until they they need to advance in the playoffs, that's exactly. No, I, I don't dis I don't disagree with that. But at least they have one guy who has had championship pedigree on that team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Memphis is a bunch of young kids who think talent is the only thing that. Uh, yeah, I'm done with them. I mean, yeah. it, 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 that's I hope they actually, uh, as a better, I'm hoping they win a whole bunch of. I hope they go undefeated from here until the end of the season, and then we can bet against them in the postseason and get a nice price. So that really only leaves, uh, yeah, I don't leave anybody. Golden State, I, Golden State, the Clippers, and Phoenix. One of those three teams that's going to the finals because I just need to see something from the Nuggets before I can say the Nuggets in the same sentence. Sure. Do you trust Boston? I trust Boston in Milwaukee, and then everybody else in the East is just playing to figure out who gets eliminated in the uh, – who, who might be third. Yeah, yeah, I don't trust Andrew Philadelphia. Just, no, no, no. no and my, I'm disappointed in Miami. Should Miami Miami should be better, but they're not, and that perplexes me because of their roster and their coaching staff. Yeah. Okay. Well, those are my thoughts. Uh, I just, I just, uh, I just can't. They gotta, they gotta figure out the Suns. Gotta figure out now. This, this team is a different team, and they need to make sure the right people are shooting. True, but they've got plenty of time to do this, and uh, you know yeah. that's a good thing too. And the, I don't expect—I don't think anybody expects, no matter what team it is, the Clippers fall yeah. into this category too because they've got some new dudes. Uh, you know, you've got to figure out—you know—the rotation, not just the starters, but you know who's going to play. As you mentioned, you know the meaningful minutes and so forth, and you know that's you know basically you know what the next uh, twenty games roughly are for, and. Then the season actually begins once the playoffs start. Absolutely, Bob. All right, thanks a lot. 602-260-1060 is the number to join the program. Continuing that NBA theme there, uh, the NBA East is being led by the Milwaukee Bucks, 46-18. and 18. Their 16-game winning streak, though, however, was snapped by the 76ers on Saturday, 133-130. to Embiid made the go-ahead three. He had 31 points, 10 assists. Harden, 38 points and 10 assists. But I think to your point as well, there's always some, some trust questions when it comes to the 76ers 
Well, I don't think it's a trust thing for the Sixers. I just don't think they have that many good players. <laughs> so um, maybe we disagree know. then on our trust level of uh, of Doc. Yeah, well, I don't think Doc. I I'm okay with Doc. I mean, I just don't think they have very many good players. The, um, go ahead. I'm oh sorry. no, no, sorry. No, you go ahead. I was just going to move on. So if you still have something on 76ers, go for it. No, no, that's it. I just think that it's two teams. I mean, I would be really, really surprised uh, if this weren't uh, you know, Milwaukee and or Boston. And I think that they are way above everybody else in the East. So to that point, so the Bucks are one, two Celtics, 45 and 20. The Celtics have lost back-to-back games, 115 to 105 to the Nets. Mikel Bridges here, 38 points, 131 to 129 to the Knicks in overtime. And they've actually lost to the Knicks now twice in the last four games. And the Knicks, conversely, have won nine in a row, getting themselves up to fifth in the East at 39 and 27. A little shot in the arm for the Knicks here? I guess. Um, Like I said, I don't really care about anybody else in the Eastern Conference. Uh, I didn't watch any of that game last night either. As soon as I I was actually considering, but the the ESPN did a really bad job promoing that game. They said the shorthanded Celtics take on the the Knicks. And then I said, well, there's no reason for me to watch this game. So I didn't. Rounding out uh, third, 76ers are at 41 and 22. The Cavs are at 40 and 26. The Knicks, as I mentioned, 39 and 27. The Nets, 36 and 28. The Heat, uh, disappointingly, 34 and 31. And the Hawks. I get that. Yeah. I just don't understand the Heat thing. They should be better. Definitely. I don't know what's going on there. And the Hawks, 32 and 32. After all of this, they have a chance to make the playoffs? Somebody has to. It's by it's a rule. They have to have eight teams, right? In the in the play in or the yeah. yeah. I guess what's the you have the play in tournament now too. So you got even more teams that are you know. Do the play in teams that don't win the first round do they actually get counted for making the playoffs? I don't know how that works, but whatever. I'm sure. But, yeah, I guess the, you know, the the I'm sure the Hawks ownership is hoping for some home games so they can steal some more money from the fans. We'll get into a little bit about the Arnold Palmer Invitational on the other side of the break and much more happening here in the world of sports on the Extra Point KDUS 1060.com. Every Monday night, check out Ray Adams as he hosts the Monday Night Golf and Lifestyle Show from 6 to 7 p.m. here on KDUS AM 1060. Monday, March 6th, right here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com, and with the all-new KDOS 1060 app, Apple and Android users download it today. Take advantage of the listener rewards available to you. The KDOS 1060 app brought to you by Superbook Sports. So the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Kurt Kitayama slayed the Dragons. He holds on to win. Outlasted Rory McIlroy, Harris English, Patrick Cantlay, Jordan Spieth, and Scotty Scheffler. It became his first career PGA Tour win at nine under par. And when it comes to this golf course and the tournament, the course showed its teeth, but I think it ended up being a true test of golf, an incredibly fair test of golf, and it was a really fun weekend at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Uh, 
we finally had, Bob, a victor on the PGA Tour that did not come from the top of the board. Kurt Kitayama in some places was like 200 to 1 to win this golf tournament and he took down the, you know, pre-tournament favorite in Rory McIlroy. He took down some of the other big names like a Scotty Scheffler and a Patrick Cantlay and a Jordan Spieth. And this particular event And how this kind of all unfolded is exactly to me the reason why I was so disappointed earlier in the week with the announcement of the elevated event changes for the 2024 season and beyond. So far, these elevated events have not disappointed. It's brought the big guys together. It's really changed kind of the atmosphere and the dynamics of the quote unquote importance of the tournament. It's taken it to a whole new level. It's provided a ton of engagement and entertainment. The courses have lived up to it. Uh, The drama, it hasn't been runaway victors. It's been a lot of fun. But changing things moving forward for these elevated events to no cut, field sizes reduced to 70 or 80 players instead of your 126, 130 players with a cut. Ah, it's just it's really disappointing Um, And so, obviously, my opinion is that the elevated events have been a ton of fun, and yet I think it's very clear that the players have had some questions about it, and that's why there's changes moving forward. Bob, though, after John Rahm's opening 65, he struggled 76, 76, and 72 to finish in a tie for 39th. He absolutely needs to hit the ball better off the tee. He lost an astounding 6.4 strokes off the tee. That is quite puzzling how many strokes off the tee he missed, considering he is such a a good ball striker. So the... Eyeballs turn this week to the Players' Championship. It is another elevated event at TPC Sawgrass, tournament with a lot of volatility. John Rahm is your pre-tournament favorite with Rory McIlroy at plus 850. Numbers coming to you from the FanDuel Sportsbook. And, of course, Bob, this is the event that has the famous uh, island green where everything can possibly change where you hit just a short little wedge into the water and there's probably going to be a ball count and a tracker on how many balls are in the water. So maybe that <laughs> potentially is a bet on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. We'll have to kind of continue and monitor that situation. But we'll get into kind of handicapping this event and figuring out where we should go with our players uh, in Wednesday's show. When it comes to the Diamondbacks, though. Dre Jamison gets the start for the team today as they face the Royals. So far in spring training, four innings pitched, three strikeouts. Uh, What do we like about Dre Jamison or what do we need to see from Dre Jamison? I don't know. That that's uh, you know I know he's one of the guys competing for you know supposedly in the rotation thing, but um, I don't know much about him quite frankly. And uh, yeah, I've watched a little Diamondbacks. They've only been on a couple of times thus far, and uh, so not. Uh, I think the big news today is Nick Ahmed's supposed to come back and play, and uh, basically he hasn't played for almost a calendar year. Yeah, he's been out for quite a while. The Diamondbacks also reassigned five players to minor league camp, including infielder Jordan Lawler. Uh, There's probably not a surprise because he wasn't going to get called up. 
Yeah, I'd be surprised if he were on their team this year. Um, they, I think they'd have to be in a, you know, some kind of playoff race in the month of September, uh, whether for him to be part of it, or he'd just have to be unbelievable in the minor leagues. He was the number one pick a couple of years ago. And, yeah, you still got the service type thing going here. But, you know, so I, I would be – yeah, the shortstop's not exactly their strongest position if Ahmed is not healthy. So we'll see you know, how he gets you know, coming back from the multiple arm issues that uh, that Ahmed has had the last you know, few years now, a couple years especially. Uh, he's a tremendous defensive player, helps the pitching staff enormously. If I were a young pitcher like Jameson or somebody else, I would want him to be my shortstop. <laughs> Yeah, defensively, he's always been good at the plate. There's always been questions. Well, but if you got a good team around here, you can get by, you know, with a shortstop that's not going to hit, you know, th- you know, 300 or whatever. But, you know, he at least provided enough. He wasn't a complete zero at the plate. He developed some as a, you know, had some pop, but that was also the uh, juice ball era when he had that. So kind of hard to. You have to differentiate the juice ball era from uh, the non-juice ball era since in the last couple of years. And I assume, you never really know it is Major League Baseball, you assume there's not going to be any juice ball issues this year. College hoops and more coming up in hour number two next. Next. 